Good evening, Blessed of America. How are you this week? Um, it's been a couple of weeks. We've been having technical difficulties with Blog Talk, and uh, I just want to apologize uh, for that inconvenience for anyone that tuned into the show. Uh, so, welcome to Black of America. I'm Kenny. Hello? Hey, Kenny. How are you, man? Uh, welcome to Black Urban America. I'm Kenny. Who are you? I'm Tammy Kazali. All right. Hello. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're here. Uh, we all we all are here. Um, so uh, just just want to uh, keep you abreast what's going on uh, with uh, uh, with uh, 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 some of the shows. On Wednesday, we still have the uh, No One Talks by Devin Efflin, and he explores different avenues uh, concerning the black community. On Saturday, we have Carl Sneed with provocative thoughts who really address some of the controversial issues in our uh, community. And, um, and finally, we have the marketing program, which will be starting today. And with Miss Caselli, I'm going to tell her, tell you guys about her line. But before we do that, I think our guest is in the studio. Mr. Sister, that's you? Brother St- Reginald, excuse me. Wrong one. Sorry about that, folks. So, um, Tim. Well, I yes. to uh, tell the uh, folks about your line. Okay, yeah, I'm glad to be able to tell the people about my line. I'm I'm um, actually importing items from Sierra Leone, West Africa, and I'm starting out with these beautiful sandals. They are just gorgeous. They're made by the people in the villages, and um, they have all leather bottoms, and the, the beadwork on there is just authentic and just the most beautiful thing that uh, that I've seen in a long time on a shoe. Uh, so I am glad to be able to offer them here in the state to uh, the lovely ladies that they can get themselves a pair. Uh, they're very unique. You can't find any any too much anything like this uh, in your area. You will not see anything like this at the mall right now. They are just uh, unique and authentic, authentically from Africa, and uh, you know we should have everybody should get them a pair. I mean, you know, they're kind of hard to come by. I will also be offering clothing. Um, I am going to have my clothing line called Kazali, and I will be offering that in March, late March, and I'm excited about that. And I'm going to also be having some artifacts for sale. So if anybody wants to get any information about any of the authentic wear that I'll be offering from Sierra Leone, West Africa, you can uh, give me a call at 503-602-4996. I'll be glad to offer you, give you any information, any, any questions that you might have. You can give me a call or you can inbox me, message me on Facebook at Tammy Kazali. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see if this is our guest that showed up. Uh, is this uh, Mr. Reginald Stenson? Yes, Hello? I'm can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. This is Mr. Stenson. How are you today? Good, how are you? Okay, welcome uh, to Black Earth America. Welcome, I hello. You. Yeah, I, I, uh, I thank you for coming on the show. Hello. It's a it's a it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. Um, I just like to start off. Uh, could you tell uh, our audience and our downloaders what um what uh, what is that you uh, uh I know you're an entrepreneur. What is that you do? Okay. Well, well, basically, um, in a nutshell, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> You just explained it. Um, but basically, but basically, I, I am a, I am an entrepreneur um, in the direct sales industry. I also um, started my own companies, e-commerce companies. I also have a software development 
um, and graphic design company as well that I own. Um, through me starting in, in the direct sales um, entrepreneurship arena, I've also played in some real estate um, as on the investor side as well. I'm looking to get back into that and um, to expand into other avenues of business, business as well, such as opening up a, a brick and mortar um, here soon as well. Wow! Nice. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, let me let's let, let's start off by uh, let me ask you some things. What do you feel uh, is the uh, uh, climate of our finances and, and economics? In uh, the black black urban communities, which is low to middle. You said what? I'm sorry. You, can you repeat state? the question again? Yeah, what is the state of our? What do you think is the state of our financial situation in the black urban communities at large? Oh. Okay, well, I think the, the I talk about the low to middle. What is the state of it? I'm sorry. Yes, we used to. Yes. Okay. Well, the 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 state of of the financial climate um, in the urban community um, it varies. I mean, as as far as when I I can speak from experience. You know, when when I grew up in the urban area where I'm from, you know, we grew up poor, and that's typical in, in most urban communities and it's not because um we don't have the potential to do certain things i think it's because we don't really have the knowledge of certain things and i was having a conversation um with someone about this a few days ago is that the difference between the rich and the poor is information it's it's not necessarily that you don't have the opportunity it's because of the information that that's being brought forth and it's not because you know our parents or what have you um, didn't want to teach us this, these things is because they weren't taught. So, you know, we can't teach or they can't teach what they weren't taught. So I think if more financial things are, are taught in the urban community, such as, you know, thinking about retirement, you know, talking about investing in certain things, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it could definitely make a major impact um, in the community as a whole, but you know, like I said, in in our community, that stuff is not taught. It's not taught in schools, you know. In most cases, at least not when I was going to school. <laughs> so, right. you know, you know that's that's why right. we have a lot of issues. Absolutely, lack of education, lack so, of miseducation. So, uh, absolutely. Where well, you going why society? Uh, yeah. Well. Oh, uh, okay, we don't have the information, we don't have the knowledge, but why do society feel that uh, uh, the reason why uh, uh, we are not prosperous is because of our attitudes and behaviors? Why does society have that feeling about us? Honestly, I don't know. I wish I could answer that one. <laughs> Um, I don't know why why society feel that way. I think it's you know. I mean, we could. Well, do you feel society feel that? Well, first of all, I can ask you: Do you feel that society feel that way? Um, not really. I mean, I I can't really say. I mean, that's kind of a tough question to answer because I don't really know what society thinks about um, us as a whole. I can just speak from from a personal experience, from what I dealt mm-hmm. with. Not as the race as a whole from a society standpoint. Um, and I can say from my experience, um, based upon my own self, is that I was prejudged um, because of, of my past situation, you know, because I, I, I am a convicted felon, right? Mm-hmm. So because I have because I have a pen on my record, well, now all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> I'm still – uh, into criminalistic activities, right? Or now you're labeled, you can't get certain jobs. You know, those type of things happen um, because people prejudge you based based upon things maybe you've done before in the past or based upon things that someone else has done. Um, so 
I was judged based upon my, my past life, even though I decided to live a different life after I made that mistake I made. Um, but but I didn't allow that to dictate my future and to keep me from doing the things that I'm doing now. Yeah. Tim, you have a question? Uh, no, I was just uh, listening to what he was saying, which is, which is uh, key. Like, you can't ever, like, let – someone else determine who you are, what you can do and what you, you know, what you can accomplish because this society will put limits on you just because of your skin color or any mistake that you may have made in the past, but you can't let those limits stop you from achieving your goals and chasing your dreams. So um, I just, I just, I just agree with that, you know, 100% and that you were able to rise up out of that situation and make, you know, something out of what society would say was nothing. And uh, yeah, I think you know, um, and I really thank God for the for the situation, you know, because coming up, I mean, the reality is, especially if you grew up where I grew up, most people either locked up, you know, dead or selling drugs or doing, you know, these type of things. So if where that's you all you knew, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. So I grew up in Birmingham, right. Alabama, in the urban area. So it's 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 like, mm-hmm. well, if that's all you see, and that's all I seen, you know, my dad wasn't in my life growing up. You know, I remember him being in jail the entire time. You mm-hmm. know, and um, seeing all that, you know, not really having, I'm not not really ha- having or seeing the opportunities that I had. Um, you know, it kind of led me down the wrong path. But right. for those people that 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 might currently be going through that or that may have went through that, you can't allow that to define you and be a reason for you to stay on the wrong path. Um, because even though the road is, is tougher and it was tough, I'm not going to lie to you, it was very difficult. Um, but you can persevere through that and, and be able to do anything that you want to do, regardless of skin tone or whatever. It just makes, you know, it, it much sweeter once you, you know, um, get on the other side and, and really become a success right. story. So I get you. you. Know, I understand because I grew up in I grew up in East well, Oakland. So I Oakland, California, so I know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about drugs and uh violence and teenage pregnancies and just all kinds of things that are happening around you and for a child that can impact your life like tremendously. Especially and add miseducation to that and, you know, not having a parent, you know, present. So I understand completely what you're saying, and there's so many of us out there still that are struggling. That's why it's important to have these success stories so that we can show our people that no matter what the struggle is, you can still achieve and accomplish anything that you put your mind to. So that's commendable for sure. Amen. Yes, yeah, yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Stitzer, let me uh, ask you something. I just want to uh, redirect some of the uh, questions. Um, um, what would you say to a person from the neighborhood uh, that wants to uh, uh, have his own business, want to start his or her own business, want to test their skills and invest in themselves? So, what would you, what would you say to them? But but they're skeptical. What would you say to them? If they're from the neighborhood, you know, I would just tell people, you just got to go all in on yourself and, and not be afraid to take risks on yourself because we do it all the time uh, unconsciously for other people, right? Or we do it all the time. Right. We have done it before for the wrong reasons. But, you know, there's a lot of talented people in the hood, <laughs> you know, if you be honest about it. You know, I, I remember in school we were selling um, – we were selling uh, candy and popsicles and all this stuff. We'll go to Sam's, get a bag of uh, lollipops, whatever, for two dollars, and flip that joint to like thirty, right? So, uh, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the hood uh, that come from the neighborhoods. Um, but I would just tell people to go all in yourself. Think about what you're passionate about, what you really want to do, and and just go out and take that leap and do it. Obviously, you have to figure out the how, how to do it, but just do it. Don't worry about making mistakes because you are going to make mistakes. That's a part of the process, you know, but 
you know, as long as you learn from those mistakes and you grow from them, you can definitely do anything you desire to do. And that's the beautiful thing about our country. Yes, we do have, you know, um, hidden racism and all that stuff that exists in this country. But even beyond all of that, I still think it's the greatest country in the world to be in, and you still have opportunities. Even though we have all that stuff going on on the surface, or some stuff may not be on the surface, anybody from anywhere can still come in and do anything they desire to do. Yep. Let me ask you something. Do you think the black man in America get a fair shake when it comes to starting their own business or trying to uh, uh, develop their own financial prosperity? I mean, probably not. (laughs) You know, probably not. I mean... I'm I mean, just asking. To be honest, I'm probably just not. asking. I, I, I mean, probably not. I mean, I'm just asking. I'm just yeah, asking. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you be honest, I can say probably not. I mean, not. I, did <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, probably uh, not. I mean, yeah. if you be honest about it, I mean, probably not because I've encountered certain situations. Like I said, I've encountered a lot of things, you know, in different situations when it comes to, to funding, you know, and all this stuff. You know, true story. Check this out. Okay, now I was trying mm-hmm. to get funding for for something I was trying to do, and I was denied because of of my record. <laughs> right. So I'm like, right. what does that have to do with funding? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Mm-hmm. And not 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 to mention that this happened. I'm 33 years old now. This happened like when I was 17 years old. Okay. Okay. So you're talking about well over a decade old. It's not even fresh. So I'm like, what does that have to do anything? Or if it wasn't because of that, you know, there's been situations to where you know I can walk in. You know, when you walk in to certain places, you know, some people put you in in a, in a separate category. You know, it is what it is. It's not because of something that we've done. It could be because something. Um, uh, it just people prejudge you based upon maybe something someone else did, and you know so it can be tough at times. Um, but I don't allow that again to stop me. So even though I've been denied in certain situations because of my skin color, maybe you know I didn't allow that again to stop me from pursuing um, whatever it is I needed to pursue. Okay, well, hey, so. My road has always been tougher, <laughs> not just because of skin color, but because I, I had, you know, things that I've done in the past that kind of mark me, you know, in society because they expect people, once they go in the system, to go back. The system is designed for us to go back, right? If you look in the urban communities, why do we have all the liquor stores, right? Why do we have all the mm-hmm. net cashing places in the hood? <laughs> Think about yeah. it. Why is it there? <laughs> They are enabling us, okay, to number one, to to stay in poverty, two, okay, to get in trouble. I mean, it's just it's just there. It's so easy to get in trouble because you have all the temptation there. You have all the liquor stores on every corner. You got all the pawn shops. You got all this. You got all that. So it's a combination of a lot of things. We just gotta again educate our people on what's happening and why it's happening, so that we can rise above that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let me ask you this: Do you think, uh, 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 well, do you think that uh, we can revitalize some of my uh, some of our urban communities across this country? But so, like, some communities are just gone, devastated, you know, after that uh, crack epidemic. Uh, uh, never made a comeback. Some communities are trying to make a comeback. Do you think that these communities have a chance? Yes, I do. I, it, they have a chance as long as the people give them a chance. You know, I don't think we should 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 give up hope on our people, communities, because once the people mm-hmm. lose hope and they stop trying, then that's when there's no longer any hope. So regardless, mm. regardless of what has happened, you know, uh, in the past, as long as people have hope, 
and they're doing what they need to do as far as educating our people and showing them a better way, there's always chance and opportunity for things to turn around. But we got to do our part and not just talk about it, but actually go out and get involved in these communities and start talking to our people and educating them and showing them a better way. Because, again, uh, if you really look at what's really happening in the hood, I mean, we could talk about it, but the reality is a lot of this stuff is happening for a number of different reasons, but the main reason why is because of lack of education. And I'm not just talking about from a school standpoint, but I'm talking about from a life standpoint. They may not have a a positive role model in their life. They may only see negative stuff. When I grew up, you know, my mom was a single parent, so she did whatever she had to do to take care of us, but at the end of the day, you know, a woman can't really teach a man how to be a man. We could argue that all day, but she just couldn't. She did the best she could, but she mm-hmm. just couldn't because she's a woman. So because of that, I was led to the streets looking for that male role model, and unfortunately I aligned myself with the wrong people, and that's why I did what I did. But if I had that positive influence in my life or maybe a positive mentor in my life, you know, the the, the path that I went down – you know, I may have not went down it, you know, if I had those positive people in my life. So, you know, we just have to do our part and really reach out, especially to our younger generation, um, because they wild. I mean, they wilder than what they were when I was out there. Um, (laughs) Really reach out. Yeah, they wild, man. And reach out to them and and really talk to them and and really show them a better way because they, you know, sometimes this people who Arriving and doing up—that's what they see. That's all they know. But when you show right. that way, right? Then and then things become different. Yeah. And um, not great. Let me ask you this. We can't ask you this. But we can do the best we can. Oh, yeah, though, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 uh. Let me ask you this. What are some of the steps? What are some of the uh? What are some? What are some of the process? That person had to, if they feel they got a skill that they can, that they they can move forward, uh, build on themselves, invest in themselves, and they can establish this investment in the community now, you know, because they elected to stay in the community. So, what what, what are some of the the, the steps that uh, that involve in, in starting your own uh, business? Well, the, the the steps that I I took personally, um, mm-hmm. I think the best the best place for people to really get into the entrepreneurship will be direct sales network marketing, right? That's the best place for people to start. And the reason why I say that is because they that industry is the only industry I know that does not judge you based upon your past, your history. They, that industry of direct sales network marketing judge you based upon what you do now, not what you did before in the past. And when I came across it, I actually found it by accident because I was looking for a sales job. And I ended up getting tricked and going into a network marketing meeting. Now, through that, I fell in love with the concept because I knew that if I go hard with this, that I can make as much money as I want as opposed to at the time I was working at Chick-fil-A. And I'm not knocking them at all, but I was only making like $7 and some change an hour, making $8,000 a year. I don't even know how we lived out of that. Okay? $8,000 a year. Promised a position, overlooked on the position, you know, got over that. But the point is this. I went hard every day at that job, and I still only made $7.75 an hour. <laughs> Right, so as as an entrepreneur in, in a direct sales model, if I go hard or I went hard, you know I can make as much money as I want. So I mean that's a, that's kind of like a launching pad, or it can be a launching pad for most people. And once you get into that arena and you learn how to do that, you know then you can branch out and do anything else that you want. You know through me being in, in direct sales, you know that opened up my eyes to be able. And, uh, to get into to real estate, it afforded me the opportunity to get into real estate and do other things that I desire to do because of that. 
But it all started there for me initially, which I think is the perfect place uh, for for most people to start because, again, you're not judged based upon what you did. You're judged based on what you do. Now, the networking piece, how has that evolved in this whole formula? What do you mean by that? Explain the question. The networking. I want to make sure I answer correctly. uh, the networking marketing, how it does the networking mm-hmm. networking fit fit into that whole uh, financial scheme? Excuse me. Well, the network marketing uh, fits into the equation um, because, like I said, it, it, it it's a low barrier barrier to entry in most cases, as opposed to you trying to. You know, out the gate, start a business, you know, create a business plan, four or five-page business plan, you know, come up with thousands of dollars. Most people are not going to be able to do that out the gate, okay? So knowing that you can get into a a direct sales business, low barrier to entry, um, and create any income that you desire, um, you know, it's a no-brainer pretty much. And like I said, you're paid based on the results that you create. So if you're a person like myself that's going to put in work, you know, you can make as much money as you desire to make, you know. And like I said, that this industry uh, of direct sales and network marketing changed our life. You know, we went from living in a one-bedroom apartment to now I think we live in a six-bedroom house or a five. I don't know how many rooms in this thing. But, you know, God has truly blessed us through the industry. So I'm forever grateful for finding it, you know, to be able to do that, to be able to, you know, pay cash for my mom's car. You know, be able, we own like four, how many vehicles we got? One, two, three. We got four cars now, right? And I'm not saying that to boast or brag, but I'm saying that because the industry created those opportunities for us. There were times where, you know, we'll buy a car during income tax time, and we're in income tax times uh, right now, right? I go and buy a car, and a few months later, it get repossessed. <laughs> so I remember all of that, but it's because I, I wasn't financially um, I didn't have the the knowledge to really create wealth uh, financially. I was just doing random stuff, doing whatever. But once I came across this industry, not only from a monetary standpoint, opportunities are there, but also what you learn mentally, it really can transform your life. Like some of the some of the teachings and stuff like that. I mean, listening to that would change your mindset completely and really build you up and increase your confidence to so that you will know that you can pretty much take on the world with anything that you desire to do, whether it's this or something else. You know, uh, you know, um, in, in, in the urban, in the black urban areas, uh, 99 cent leaves the neighborhood. Only one out of a dollar uh, stays. And um, a lot of people were saying how we could do that is uh, uh, being pro-black, uh, uh, trying to keep them, uh, trying trying to have our own finances and our own business structure. Let me ask you this: How can that fit into this in this situation, or can it? Um, the networking. Movement. I can't. I can't really say it can't because that's that's like two different things as far as keeping the money in the community. Um, but I would say um, one thing about Atlanta because Atlanta is pretty much they call it Black Hollywood. <laughs> one mm-hmm. thing I like about Atlanta is that you see a lot of prosperous African Americans, and they mm-hmm. it's it's like a completely different thing, right? So. Um, as far as keeping the money in the, in the community, I think personally that, yes, we should if possible, if we can, but also as a black business owner, for example, we got to be reasonable with our prices too now. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, and I'm yeah. just being real, okay, sometimes we be mm-hmm. overcharging on some stuff, okay? Like if, if I'm not going to pay $6 for some milk when I can go to Kroger's and get it for $2, like some sometimes that's I see that type of stuff happening, but um, if if everything else is it's in it's in alignment with everything else, and and I think that if if we don't come from a from a 
a, a lack mentality because I think that's why sometimes you see some black business owners, they go over the top with their prices because they're, they're afraid they're not well. going to get any more sales or whatever the case is. You know, if, if we don't come from that, that mindset of, hey, I'm, I'm not going to get any more sales, right, and you're reasonable, I think more people will stay. You know, um, personally, I try to support um, as much as possible. You know, from, from a restaurant standpoint, we have a lot of um, small urban restaurants here in Nashville where, where I'm at now. You know, I go to them faithfully. You know, if we mm-hmm. have um, something else that they're selling, I support faithfully. I think we should do that. And and if we all did it, our part, obviously, uh, you know, our communities as a whole, I think, from a business standpoint, would be a whole lot more prosperous instead of going out. But sometimes right. uh, society right. programs people that they have to go to Walmart or program people that they need to go to CVS instead of um, – Mary's drug store down the street, right? <laughs> because yes. that's what's on that's, TV. That's the whole marketing. That's the whole marketing scheme, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell so, so, so where we gotta go shop. Tell <laughs> so where we gotta go shopping. Where we gotta wear. What's the fashion? What proper food? What what what's proper foods? What have you? That's all the, into the marketing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Tam. You have any? I, I'm sorry. I just had a couple of things to ask. Uh, okay, so, what you sorry for, Kenny? <laughs> what you apologizing for now? What you do? <laughs> no, I, I forgot. Um, you had a question to ask. Him. No, actually, I was just listening. I was enjoying the flow of what was happening here. Like, I like what I'm hearing, and uh, I do have to agree that yes, they they tell us exactly what we have to purchase. They, that's part of the media, part of everything. That's how they make their money. These corporate industries have it locked up. What we, what I see, what I think is that we as a people, we should do more uh, uh, network marketing with each other. We should do more communicating with one another. Business owners should link up and do more business together. And I think that that would help us get ahead too. And um, so I'm just enjoying the, the flow of the questions and the answers. So I'm, I'm good. No, well, well, I just only one comment I have to uh, uh, make is that that uh, uh, I think uh, a lot of people are educated now about different, uh, uh, I guess, not business opportunities, but the the skill level skill level uh, has been advanced uh, in the past few years, but I don't think that they have. What you said earlier, the confidence, you know, uh, because like you really, uh, to some people it may may be gam- gambling or taking a risk, but I think that's a risk to be ta- that's a good risk to take is the investment in your own skills. Um, um, but uh, I, I do uh, uh, want to know how can we get rid of some of the self that we have when it comes to interacting with each other on a business level. But else, like you, you, you touched on it just, uh, just slightly, you, you know, but how can, how can we get rid of uh, some of the self-negative uh, stereotypes that we have about doing business with each other? In other words, trust, you know, uh, commitment. Well, um, just like the young lady, I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. I'm sorry, I'm horrible. Hi, Tammy. Uh, t- Tammy. My okay. name is Tammy. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Um, well, basically, get rid of the the negative self stereotypes. Let's see. Um, basically, you just gotta you just gotta do it, and I think you say it through networking and and doing those type of things. But a, a lot of times, it is because of society, the way that we're programmed, and because of, you know the way that some things that you see on on TV, you know, is is implanted or imprinted in your head unconsciously, and you don't even really realize it, right? Well, we, you know, society tells us that you got to look a certain way, you got to dress a certain way, you got to talk a certain way, or you got to have all these degrees to do this. You know, that's that's what society says. 
So because of that, sometimes you unconsciously are going by what society said, you don't even really realize it until after it's done. So it's it's just a matter of, you know, creating a relationship with each other. Obviously not be like crabs in the bucket, you know, because sometimes people are like that when you see somebody excelling, mm-hmm. you know, in your community, you should support them. You shouldn't hate on them, right? right. Because right. those people are going to – you know, most of the time, if you do the people right, you're going to run them off. <laughs> They're going to come back and give back to the community. And I just think, you know, we have to unite on all fronts as a community because I believe that we are one of the most talented races, if not the most talented race in the world, but there's division there. You know, uh, and it's because my my observation is because of the lack mentality, right, is <laughs> because of that lack mentality. Well, I'm afraid that, you know, if this person um, gets out, you know, I'm not going to be able to get out. Or they're going to have more than me, and I'm not going to be able to get it, right? We can't work together. we got to be in competition instead of working together, right? Collaboration is always better than separation. So we right. collaborate on all fronts. If you look at other, If you look at other communities, right, these people are collaborating, <laughs> It's, it's not really any science to it. These people are collaborating. They're supporting each other. You know, they're doing all that stuff. So if we can see more of that in our community, I think it, w- it will make a huge difference, a huge difference right. in a lot of things that are happening. Yeah, I agree with that totally, 100. And one thing, too, i like to add to that. Like, I just want to add to that because one thing we have to learn how to do as, as a people from my perspective is that we have to like ourselves. <laughs> you know, we have to learn how to look in the mirror and say, I like myself. So then that way when you see your sister, you know, you'll be like, hey, you know, what's up? Or, I, you know, I like her too because she looked like me, you know, instead of, you know, that self-hatred. And then, and then you're afraid to go buy anything from your sister because, or your brother because you don't even, you don't even trust yourself. So one of the things we have a deep seated issue in our in our mentality. Our people are have a deep seated issue. Now there's a lot of people waking up and coming out of that situation, but then there's a lot of us still that don't understand the situation that we're in. So in order to do business, we have to know ourselves, we have to like ourselves, we have to have a thing that we like to do or we have to know what we want to do, what our passion is, like you said earlier. You know, so then that way we can build a strong business. We can do something that we actually enjoy doing instead of taking these jobs that, you know, nobody wants to go to work, you know. But if you're doing your own business, you're happy to be at work, you know. So that's a major difference. And once we learn how to connect together, then there'll be no stopping us because we are are one of the most talented races in the world. And we can do anything because we're all over the world. It's not like we're just here in the U.S. No, we got Africa, we got uh, Jamaica, we got, we're all over, you know. Uh, so we just have to look at that and and start start to build ourselves from where we are here and build our youth because a lot of us have traumatized youth and a lot of us were traumatized youth from different, different things that happened to us when we were young. And so it kind of like, it might have slowed us down a little bit to accomplishing our goals or slowed us down to realizing what our, what our goals or our mission is or, you know, but eventually when you get it, you got it and you keep pushing and then you have to, we can show, we can share with our other youth and show them how to come up, you know, to, to get ahead and not let these, you know, so, you know, what society has put on us, not let that stop us from achieving, you know? So yeah, I'm really enjoying this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the earlier, uh, uh, earlier in the discussion in our conversation, uh, early in our conversation, said that information is lacking into the flow into our community. Right. Um, so how can we get this information out there to uh, to to the communities? Because because regular media is not going to do it. Regular, regular media is not going to market uh, 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 black folks trying to start businesses and revitalize their communities. 
I don't think regular mm-hmm. leaders go to carry that. But so how can we get this information? Is it to be for workshops, uh, 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 you know, identifying certain communities and working with them hands-on through workshops, classes, and trying, you know, I, I, how can we get this information out there? Yeah, I mean, um, once you obtain the information, I, I think you have a responsibility to give it back. Um, th- that's just my opinion. You know, I don't think you're you're blessed with all this information and knowledge to keep it to yourself. Um, so, you know, you can do that through, through doing workshops. You can do that through, you know, going in your communities. Like, you know, we have um, – prison ministries, for example, jail ministries, go in and talk to those people, you know, because being on the other side, I see more of us than I've seen anybody else. So I have a responsibility to go back in and, and talk to those guys about that stuff or talk to the youth, you know, about that or, you know, churches or, or however, you know, um, from an outreach perspective. So in any way that you're able to really give back, you know, I I think you should – through through educating people based upon the knowledge that you, that you gain, you know, through experience, through life experiences, yeah. through other experiences. Yeah. Are the brothers in, uh, the brothers that's inside right? Are they receptive mm-hmm. to the message, or or they not feeling? I mean, how are they how how are they reacting to the message of? being your own boy or boss or entrepreneurship or, or trying a different road, you know, uh, because we got high recidivism. Uh, so are they are they receptive to the message? Yeah. Um, one thing, I, if you, I don't know if you have been in before, but one thing about jail especially, it makes you extremely humble unless you are extremely crazy. All right, so you're either going to be extremely crazy or you're going to be extremely humble, (laughs) okay? So most people are receptive to anything at that point because you want in any any side of hope, you're going to gravitate toward it once you're on the inside, you know, uh, because that's all you have, you know, at that point because, you know, a lot of people come in and they don't really have any family supporting them or whatever or nobody coming to see them. Nobody put money in their commissary books. You know, you stressed out. You're looking at dudes all day. You know what I mean? It's a lot of things that's going through your head. So anything from the outside, any type of hope, like, you know, you're planning your life. You know, you're changing your life in there. You're doing all of that. Yes, they are very receptive. But I think the biggest issue with most people is, you know, once they come out, they have to stick to what they, the, the core value that they obtained while they were in. And a lot of people, they don't really have a plan of action when they get out, so they end up going back to the same place they were before they got them in in the first place because they didn't really have a, a, a an effective plan of action that will keep them from going back. You're going back to the same environment, right? So if you go back to the same environment, the chances of you going back is going to be very high. So you they may have had good intentions, but because they're not put into a place where they can actually succeed, most people don't. Now, I was fortunate when I got out, I was put into a place where I could succeed, right? I didn't go back to the same environment I went back to. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's a whole other topic of discussion as well. But, you know, I just mm-hmm. think that, you people know, if you put people in a place, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, if you put people in a, in a position to succeed, they will, you know, because it's challenging when you get out because there, there, there will be a lot of objections. Because hey, you you went to jail. Oh, we can't hire you. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's crazy. Right. Like, I mean, what do you expect people to do? Right? You want people not to go back, but you won't give them a job. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. But that's just the way society is. Most people won't hire you, or if they do, you got to get the worst of the worst jobs, and you're stuck on the worst of the worst for at least seven years. So some people don't want to accept that. But I did. My mind said, yes, I did what I did. I'm going to accept the consequences behind it and deal with it for seven years. But in the interim, I'm going to have to figure out something else because this $7 an hour ain't working for me. 
Right. So that's why I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. So if anyone were to contact you for any information, um, to, uh, have a website and. Yes, you can reach out to me um, on my website, which is www.connectwithreginald.com. Again, that's connectwithreginald.com. That's R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D. Or you can find me on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash U-O-P now. Well, Mr. Stetson. All right, thank you for coming on the show, and um, it's been uh, very uh, enlightening, and um, I'm going to stay in contact with you. All right, thank you for having me on, man. I definitely appreciate you you all for reaching out to me. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah, I enjoyed you. Hopefully I'll hear from you again soon. All right, most definitely. All right, have a good one. Bye. All right, you too. Hey, Tammy, what you think about that? I think that was uh, 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 very enlightening. It gave some good information. And I hope people Absolutely. that download these shows will listen, you know. And, <laughs> and, 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 and with the other shows, too, because it's more uh, information about uh, how to address, come up with uh, solutions, to uh, address some of our uh, social ills, you know? Uh, Again, you want want to tell the people again about your line? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm starting. I already started a a line. It's called Kizali. I have these African sandals that are just authentic and beautiful from West Africa, Sierra Leone. They're imported in. And I'm also going to have some more items that I'll be offering in March. Um, if you want to check it out, you can go to Facebook and look me up, Tammy Kazali, and you can see what I have to offer. You can message me, and I can send you photos. Or, and so I have a lot of people who are excited about it, you know, the genuine leather, you know, for the people, by the people situation, and not only for us. I mean, if anybody else would want to, you know, purchase them, that's fine. You know, they're for everyone because they're just awesome. We have to share them with the world. That's how beautiful they are. Um, in March, I'm going to have to offer some men items as well, um, the dashikis and some other um, authentic. I get mine free, right? I get my items hey, free, right? Hey, see, that's the problem with that's the problem with you people. <laughs> the problem with you people. I, I, I know you I get oh, I, I know I get mine. <laughs> hey, I know I know I get mine free, right? Well, you know, we 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 go we go talk about it. You know, we we go we go talk about it. So we host it and co-host it. You know, yeah, we go we go definitely check it out. But definitely, I'm gonna offer some men items and the babacore. Babacore is gonna be it's like the dashiki, but not quite the dashiki. But it is it, it has a bottom and a top, and it's just awesome. So I'm gonna have some designs up, and I'm also designing my own clothes as well. So that's gonna be out by summer. And so I'm very, 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 very excited about it. Also, we're shipping. Um, I have a exporting business going on where we're shipping items to West Africa. If anybody is interested in getting in on that, go ahead and give me a call at 503-602-4996. Um, we're going to be opening a store there. We should have an Internet cafe there. So if something's going on, we're building there. We're building a a, a bed and breakfast there. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. It's kind of it's exciting, you know. So I'm not going until December, but um, we're going to go check out how the building is going, how the store is going. And so I will be having that on video. So I will be broadcasting a little bit of that on my Facebook page. My And um, so I'm excited about that. And I'll keep you all posted on how everything goes because, you know, for somebody who ain't never been to Africa, you know, it's, it should be pretty interesting <laughs> for an American like yeah. me. You know, I'm pretty spoiled. So, you know, I don't know. We're going to check it out. I'm pretty sure it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, well, the, the person we have coming on next Tuesday, Big Africa, she, she takes her whole fashion group to Africa. You know, I mean, not to the city <laughs> part. <laughs> In the rural areas, you know. 
So I could have been with. Hey, I just so been kind of like planning, you know, taking my time to get in there. And folks, don't forget don't forget don't forget to tune in next Tuesday. Eight o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time. Three four seven nine eight nine zero one eight zero. And uh, this whole thing is sponsored by Queen Mother for Real Media. And um, like I said, we have Devin Heflin with his show tomorrow at 8 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time, No One Talks. Cotton Sneed, Provocative Thought, Saturday evenings at 8 o'clock p.m. also. Yeah, let me ask you something, Tammy. Um, Do you think black folks are ready to really invest in themselves, to reinvest in their community with their skills and resources. You think, you think we're ready I for think, that? I know. I think we are. I think we are. I think we're beyond ready. And one thing I forgot to mention is that, you know, that we have the Internet now. So that that kind of connects us all in a, in a special, special way, and we need to take advantage of that. And, yeah, look for my website coming soon, tkazali at gmail.com. Or, no, sorry, tkazali.com. <laughs> tkazali at gmail well, is my email. Well, you should get you should you should making your pictures tonight, boy. Well, you told me yeah. to do it. <laughs> uh, did you forget anything? No, I'm just joking. Oh yeah, uh, and, uh, and, and and my 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 email is gonna be on New Black City, which is also um, shout out to Tanya. She has um, started this website, um, well this network of New Black City. So that's gonna have to that's yeah, going to be on a lot of us together as well. Yeah. Yeah, Tanya be on a couple of weeks. She be on a couple All of right. weeks. Yeah, I know. She's gonna be. So I enjoyed the her show. mouth all night long. I, I know Tanya gonna be running <laughs> her mouth all night. Don't tell her I said. Oh, she's gonna hear it anyway. She gonna hear it. <laughs> oh, she's gonna hear it anyway. <laughs> all right. I just want to say all right. good night to everyone. Good night, Tammy. I hope everybody has a nice week. And um. Look on Black Herb America uh, Facebook for the show, or you go to Block Yay. Talk, Queen Mother for Real Media slash Black Herb America. Good night. Uh, 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 Good night. Man. Love you all. Good night. Take care. See ya. And you know Later. what? I got to work on our song, too. I just, I just yeah, have a hard time uploading, uploading. But we be okay. Okay. Well, it, 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 when yeah. it comes, y'all hear it. Good night, everyone. Good See ya. Good night.